Well, hello, my friends. Welcome to Hope for Your Heart. This is Pastor Calvin Corbett. So happy to have you joining me today. Hey, today is part two on the subject of how to treat the family. And we're looking at the book of Romans, chapter 16, kind of wrapping up the whole book of Romans uh, by looking at what Paul says as he closes off this wonderful book. And now as Paul wraps up the book of Romans, I guess you could say he kind of does it in a similar fashion as we would end the conversation. Uh, have you ever done this? Uh, you run into somebody you know, and they're talking to them, and, and maybe it was at a mall or a grocery store, or maybe even at church, and, and, uh, and as you're talking to them, uh, you're preparing to go your separate way, and you say something like this, do you need anything? Oh, would you say hello to your husband, or uh, how's that grandbaby of yours doing? Uh, give him a big hug for me. And how's your mom? Is she feeling better? You know, I know she had surgery recently, well, give her my love. And how's your daughter? Man, she's an amazing person. How's she doing? Well, tell everybody I said, hey, right? You ever end a conversation that way? Just the other day, I was at Kroger getting some things together, and I ran into some people from my church and that got talking to them. And uh, at the end of the conversation, I said to them, I said, now listen, I got to go, and uh, I'm going to do something for you that the devil will never do for you. And uh, have a pause. They look at me kind of funny. I said, yeah, I'm going to do something for you that the devil will never do for you. I'm going to leave you alone. Uh, that's what I'm going to leave him alone, and I'm going to not bother him anymore, right? Uh, just before we left, I said, well, how's your family? Tell your husband I said hello. Tell your family I said hello. That's how Paul is wrapping up the book of Romans. I mean, he's covered a lot of territory uh, in this book. He's covered doctrinal issues. He's talked about the wrath of God. He's talked about our sin. He's talked about the consequences of our sin. He's talked about what Christ has done for us to bring about redemption. He's talked about the fact that we're no longer under any condemnation. We have been set free because of the power of the resurrection. Uh, he's talked about how we should respond to government, how we, re we should respond to those who are weak brothers and, and sisters in the Lord. Whole lots of topics covered in the book of Romans. Now we're at the end of the book, and he does something very, I guess, almost expected. He says, listen, we're a family. As you look at the family, he says, I want to commend to you our sister Phoebe, verse number one. And I want you to accept her. I want you to receive her in the way that is worthy of his people. So we, we learn that, first of all, we've got to accept one another. And that's what your family needs. They need your unconditional acceptance. You know, no matter what my children do, I always accept them. Now, that doesn't mean I approve of everything they do. That doesn't mean I don't have to bring about some kind of corrective behavior in their lives. It doesn't mean I don't exercise tough love, but I accept them. I realize that they are made in the image of God, and their lives are going to be filled with mistakes. You know, one thing I can look at my life and say, I have made a lot of mistakes. Oh, yeah. And if you're honest, you could say the same thing. What has really radically changed my life is not that my life has no mistakes, is that I have a relationship with Christ. As believers in Christ, we accept one another. Here's the second thing we learned yesterday in the broadcast. Not only do we accept one another, but verse number two, Romans 16 says, and give her any help that she may need. For she has been the benefactor of many people, including me. So, a sister, give her any help, says Paul. We are to help one another. The word help is found 286 times in the Bible. We are to carry the burdens of other people. We are to help one another. Nobody should be walking the Christian life by themselves. We need to support in the encouragement of one another. Listen, you're not so strong that you don't need somebody else in your life. 
You need somebody to keep you accountable. You need somebody to bring you comfort. You need somebody to assist you. Every one of us from time to time need others to assist us. And here's a third way to treat the family. We accept them. We assist them. And uh, to keep it along with the letter A theme, uh, we affirm each other. Paul uses that word greet. Greet each other 17 times, just in Romans 16. And as you're looking at this greeting one another, there's over 20 people. There's over two dozen people that he is referring to. And so that word greet is an interesting word. As I looked at this word, I discovered some interesting things about the word greet. It's much like our word salute. Now, I know most people that are listening to me, uh, we're in a military community, right? The Hampton Roads area, home of the largest naval air base in the country, probably in the world. And and so we understand uh, what it means to salute somebody. When you salute somebody, you stand straight. You're not slouching as as you salute somebody. Uh, You use your best posture when you're saluting somebody. And and so you don't let those shoulders drop. Uh, You stand with your arms straight. And then you have your fingers pointed to the ground at a salute, and then you raise up your arm, and your bicep is level with the ground. You always face the person that you're saluting, right? You turn to them. You don't turn away from them. You turn toward them as you salute them. Whether you're saluting the flag or a person, you turn your head and your eyes toward that person. And as you're saluting them, you're being respectful to them. You're maintaining that eye contact. And, and as you think about saluting, The person of lower rank always initiates the salute. By initiating that salute, uh, the officer is not implying that he or she is in any way superior, but you're showing respect to somebody who is of a higher rank to you. It's just showing that respect. So Paul, as he uses this term, greet, he's reminding us, take the initiative, greet various members of the family. And so the point is this, is that we are to affirm one another. Let me just read from chapter 16 of Romans, 3 down to verse number 16. Paul says, greet Priscilla and Aquila. As he's doing this, he's telling us why they are worthy of our respect, because I've discovered that heroes don't usually toot their own horn. Their good works usually speak on their behalf. As a matter of fact, somebody who talks too much about the good they have done is probably a person that has very low self-esteem. Uh, they keep having to tell their own secrets of their or the stories of their success and the things they've done because in reality they have a very low self-esteem. So here Paul is telling us about some people that the readers at Rome might not have known these people. He says, listen, Priscilla and Aquila, it's a couple, co-workers in Christ. He says, they risks their lives for me. Not only did they do it for me, but they risked their lives for the churches of the Gentiles, and we're grateful to them. Okay, let's give them a salute. Priscilla and Aquila, let's affirm them. And then he says, greet also the church that meets at their house. Okay, there's a church that meets at their house, so they've got the gift of hospitality, and so we're going to salute them. He says, thank you for opening up your home, and we're going to salute the church because they're meeting in their home. Greet my dear friend, he says, Eponidas. And Eponidas was the first convert to Christ. I would say that he's a pioneer, right? Uh, The first convert to Christ in the province of Asia. You talk about somebody that deserves some respect. He went against conventional wisdom. He was the first to embrace Christianity in Asia. Let's salute him. Verse number six, greet Mary, who worked very hard among you, 
as I'm recording this broadcast. It just so happens it's on Labor Day. Those who work very hard among you. I think about the hardworking Americans. They're the ones that have made our country great. They just work hard. They go to work when they don't feel like going to work, and they make our nations great. Well, the same thing is, in, is true in the church. We had a work day on Saturday, and, and the people that showed up uh, were determined to get some things done. As a result, we say, okay, greet Mary. She works very hard. Give her a salute. And then Paul says, verse number seven, greet Androconis and Junia, my fellow Jews who have been in prison with me. Okay, hats off to those who are incarcerated for the faith. Paul says, you know who they are? Uh, these Individuals are outstanding among the apostles, and they were in Christ before I was. Wow. Now, these were people that came to a saving knowledge of Christ before Paul was saved. He may have even met them in prison. And then verse number eight, greet Aunt Pilatus, my dear friend in the Lord. So friends, right? Our friends deserve our salute. Our friends deserve our greeting. Abraham Lincoln said, no man is poor if he has friends. Verse number nine, greet Urbanus, our co-worker in Christ, and my dear friend, stick at us. Uh, greet these individuals, my friends, again, greet Apelles, whose fidelity to Christ has stood the test of time. Oh, don't you love that? His fidelity to Christ. In other words, he's one of these guys that hangs in there, right? through good times and bad times. And then Paul says, greet those who belong to the household of Archibalus. The whole household needs to be greeted. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet those of the household of Narcissus who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphenia. Greet Tryphosia. Now, these are women who work hard in the Lord. Greet my dear friend Persis, another woman who has worked very hard in the Lord. Verse number 13, greet Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother. And Paul says, greet the mother because she's also been a mother to me. And then verse number 14, Paul says, greet Asenachrist and Philogon and Hermes and Patrobas and Hermes and the other brothers and sisters with them. Uh, here's some more people that were to greet. Then Paul says, greet Julia and Nereus and his sister Olympus, and all the Lord's people who are with them. Romans 16, 16. One time, this is about the only verse in the Bible I knew. It says, greet one another with a holy kiss. All the church of Christ sends greetings. So as we look at this list, right, talking about members of the family, how do we treat them? We accept them, we assist them, and we affirm them. You know, I've discovered with people, people need heavy doses of encouragement. As we look at Romans 16, Paul gives a list of 10 types of people who deserve our affirmation. In verses 3 and 6, he talks about those who work so hard, uh, those who work laboring in the church. You know, most churches are run by volunteers who get paid nothing and are just laboring along. I was just thinking about this the other day as I was thinking about how God has blessed our church. Not many years ago, there was a man who got discouraged, and he, he was going to drop out of church, and so I called him, 
And I try to encourage him and, and said, hey, listen, we miss you at church. We want you at, at church. You bring value to our congregation. We miss you. Uh, we really want you to stay connected with us. And and I was getting nowhere with this guy. And so I, I finally said, well, I, I guess I can't encourage this guy. I guess he's not going to come back. And, and several weeks later, all of a sudden, I, he shows up at church. And I says, you know, I'm so glad that you are here. And he said, you know why I came back? And I was thinking he was going to say, well, because you called me. And uh, that's not what he said. He said, the reason I came back is because I had a couple people from this church that called me and visited with me and said, I'm really missed at the church and asked me to come back. And he says, you know, I expected you as a pastor to call me. He says, you get paid to call people. But I didn't expect the members of our church to call me and, and to invite me to come back. And so as we think about that, we are to greet one another give affirmation. You know, some people, that's all they need is just a little bit of encouragement to keep them going. Paul also says in verse number four, we greet the risk takers. And don't you love the people that take a risk for the things of Christ? They risk their lives, Paul said, for me. Talking about Priscilla and Aquila. You ever have anybody that will risk their lives for you, put their reputation on the line, put their very life on the line? Paul says, I'm going to show them respect. I'm going to, I'm going to greet them. Verse number five, greet those who have the gift of hospitality. You know, for the first 300 years of church history, the church met in homes. People opened up their homes. I think about the small groups that we have at our church and how people willingly open up their homes. Not everybody has the gift of hospitality, uh, and not everybody is inviting people over their church. But those who do, we say, hey, we greet you. We salute you. We send our greetings to you. Thank you so much for opening up your home. And then Paul says in verse number five that we ought to also recognize those who I would call the pioneers of the faith, uh, those first converts, those who bought in early into the church, and those who believed in, and, uh, and caught the vision of reaching their community with the gospel. These first converts uh, should be saluted. And then Paul also reminds us that we should recognize those who are the prisoners, right? Those who are incarcerated. In Paul's day, he's talking about those who were incarcerated for the faith, those who had been refusing to deny the faith. And as a result, uh, they were put into prison. You know, as I look at those who are in prison, we are reminded by the Lord to remember those who are in prison as if you were imprisoned yourself. Paul also tells us in verse number seven that we are to greet what I would call the outstanding pillars of the church in verse number seven, those who are outstanding among the apostles, uh, those that were in Christ even before Paul was in Christ, those who just stood the test of time. Every church you go to, there, there is outstanding pillars of that congregation. Men and women who have been there uh, through good times and bad times. Uh, so many people that you know, they're what I would call fair-weather Christians. I know some fair-weather husbands and fair-weather wives, and they want to stay married. If everything's going good, their spouse is doing well, and as soon as something goes wrong, they bail. But Paul says, you know what? There are some outstanding apostles among you. These are the pillars of the faith who understand that sometimes you just got to gotta grin and bear it, right? You got to keep on keeping on, even when the pressure comes against you. Paul also reminds us in verse number eight, 
that we should greet our friends. Oh, I'm so glad for the friends that I have at my church. I'm so glad for the blessing of friendship, uh, not only in my church, but the pastor friends that I have throughout the community and, and really throughout the country and throughout the world. Thank God for friends. Verse number eight talks about this matter of friendship. And Paul reminds us in verse number eight that we should greet our dear friends in the Lord. And there's somebody else that we should recognize and somebody else that we should greet. That's found in verse number 10. And that's those who are devoted. Paul makes a special effort to talk about a guy by the name of Apelles. And he says, his fidelity to Christ has stood the test of time. In other words, this is the real deal. This guy has a genuine, bona fide relationship with Christ. He's not pretentious. It's not a put-on. He is real. Uh, he is the real McCoy. He is genuine in his love for Christ. And it's not just a one-and-done thing. It's not a passing thing. This is somebody who's been consistent in their faith, year in and year out. Somebody asked me not too long ago why I have stayed at the same church for so long. And I said, you know why I have stayed at the same church for so long? Because all of my heroes who were pastors stayed at their same church for a long time. And I think about a guy that I know by the name of Jack Hackworth. Uh, he went to New England back in the 70s when I was just a kid, and he started a church there. He stayed there for 24 years. I think about the, the school where I went to seminary. The founding pastor of the church that started that seminary, started that school, pastored that church for 50 years. Those who have influenced my life the most have been those who have stood the test of time. They have been those who have been having fidelity to Christ. So Paul says, we better greet those kind of people. And then Paul says, verse number 13, those who are the chosen, chosen in the Lord. And he, and he mentions a guy by the name of Rufus, chosen in the Lord, and his mother, who's been a mother to me. That word chosen could be the word elect, chosen before the foundations of the world. Paul is saying, greet all believers, because we have the commonality of being chosen by the Lord. So we're to greet other believers. We're to spend that time encouraging them. And then Paul reminds us in verse number 13 that we are to also be involved in acknowledging, affirming those who are, are the mentors, right? Paul says, greet Rufus's mother. She's been a mother to me too. And so I want to encourage you, this list of 10 people who deserve our affirmation, who deserve our greeting. Part of treating a family well is we understand that we accept them, uh, we help them, we assist them, we affirm one another. These are how healthy families operate. As a matter of fact, I tell my kids often, now listen, if you all need something, right, don't be afraid to call me. I am the type of person, I hate to ask for help, right? When I need help, my cell phone feels like it's 500 pounds, right? This cell phone that I always carry around with me, all of a sudden when I need help, I don't know why, I guess it must be a, a male thing that we don't like to ask for help. And I, so many times I've been frustrated about doing something, and I said, man, if I just had somebody to help me with this, I could have got it done. And because I'm too prideful to ask for help. Listen, as a family, we assist one another. 
as a family, we encourage one another. We affirm one another. You know, many years ago, I was in a bad situation. And um, I was in an accident where, where somebody was greatly hurt. And uh, you know what helped me through that time? I had the affirmation of a family member. Uh, that family member knew what I was going through and said, hey, come and spend a couple days with me. Just come and spend some time with me. And it was my sister and her husband. I was a single guy at that time, and they were both in college. My sister was actually doing her student teaching. And I said, man, I don't want to impose on you. She said, no, no, no. You come on. You hang out with us for a couple of days. And that's what I did. I went there, and I just hung out there for a couple of days. You know, that was like a refreshment to my soul. I was so depressed. I was so down. I couldn't even uh, see any way of getting out of the mess I found myself in. But just having that affirmation, that encouragement, made me strong, allowed me to get through that very difficult time in my life. Listen, we're not to be going through life alone. We need one another. So don't be afraid to ask for help. Now, as I make that statement, there are some people that may abuse that, right? There are some people that may be taking advantage of another person. If that's you, and you're constantly asking to help somebody else, I want to encourage you to stop asking for help and start being the help. But most of you who are listening to me, your struggle is not with getting too much help. Your struggle is that you need somebody to help you, and you're just afraid to ask, or you're too filled with pride to ask. Listen, lower that pride and say, Lord, I need some help. Would you send somebody in my life to help me out? So we've talked about a lot of things, but in the remaining moments of the broadcast today, there's one other thing that healthy families do in treating one another. We've talked about acceptance. We've talked about assistance. We've talked about affirming. Let's talk about admonishing. To admonish is to watch over somebody. We're to watch over each other. Verse number 17, I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who cause divisions, to those who put obstacles in your way that are contrary to the teachings that you have learned. Keep away from them. For such people are not serving our Lord, but they're serving their own appetites by smooth and flattery talk. They are the ones who deceive the minds of naive people. You know, everybody's heard about your obedience, so I rejoice because of you. But I want you to be wise about what is good. I want you to be innocent about what is evil. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. The grace of our Lord Jesus be with you. So that word admonish, it means to warn, but it also means to place on one's mind. So an admonition seeks to correct those who are damaging themselves, damaging others by their wrong choices in life. They're going contrary to clear biblical teaching. Now, when such a time is found, we need to admonish one another. You know, Paul gives us a wonderful example of when he did this, when he was out sailing, he's coming back from a missions journey and uh, coming up against a storm. And so he admonishes the captain. And he says, we need to keep on board of this ship. Don't abandon ship. Paul admonished them. It says, sir, I perceive that this voyage will be hurt with much damage. 
not only of the landing of the ship, but also of our lives. Well, thankfully, they listened to his admonition, and it saved them from being shipwrecked. You know, as we admonish people, it actually helps us to be unified. As we admonish people, it helps them to grow up. As we admonish people, it even guides our worship. As we admonish one another, it allows us to be more grateful. It reminds us as to who we are. Oh, I want to encourage you today. Admonish one another. On May 28, 1972, the Duke of Windsor passed away. And as he passed away, on that same evening, there was a television program in which he shared, before he died, words from his strong disciplinary father, who said, My dear, you must always remember who you are. Listen, we're a child of the king. We must always remember who we are. Because we're a child of the king, we live as Jesus lived. We walk as Jesus walked. We are to be reflecting the life of Christ in everything that we do. I'm so excited that we have this opportunity to be Christ-like wherever we go. Now, if I can pray for you today, I'd be honored to do that. I would you shoot me a text message at 252-267-2365. 252-267-2365. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I hope that you have learned today how to better treat your family. God bless you. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to hear this broadcast again, you can have a free download at buzzsprout.com backslash 1890557, or you can listen on Amazon, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. Hickory Ridge Community Church is located at 3320 Battlefield Boulevard South in Chesapeake, Virginia. Sunday service times are 9 a.m. and 10.30 a.m. We'd love for you to join us. For more information, go to hrcc7.org. And remember, no matter what you're going through, in Jesus Christ, there is always hope for your heart.